0: Uh, shorter today, this afternoon, and I will be Lord willing. I want to share something with you, kind of as a dessert message, if possible, uh, to give you something to chew on as you head home. But as you turn there, I do want to give you a few announcements uh, and a few prayer requests just to fill you in right quick. Uh, I think most of us know by now the Monroe's or grandparents, where are they at? Uh, again, they're around here somewhere. I think he's on security this afternoon. Congratulations to them. I don't know if you saw that little one uh, up there, that they uh, they just went up there to visit. So congratulations to them. Uh, also, good news: Miss Linda Smith has been moved to a regular room out of ICU. Thank the Lord for that. Got to visit her last night. I said, Miss Linda, you scared us to death. She says, I scared me to death too. And so, thank the Lord that she's out of ICU. You pray for her as she recovers, as well as Brother Lawrence. I don't know if uh, folks know. Wednesday night after the service, went back to the office visit with Dad a few minutes before they left. and uh, he was on the phone with a Lawrence but Lawrence has had a heart attack and was uh, in Forest General or uh, yeah he's home now but he's had been in Forest General he uh, started feeling a little discomfort and uh, went to the hospital and they told him on the way there you are having a heart attack and thank the Lord they went in real quick I think within three hours of, of calling the ambulance he was in into surgery put a stint in uh, and he is his usual encouraging self and so you pray for him as he recovers uh, he told me Mrs. Lawrence had the rolling pin out this morning told him he had to stay home uh, and recover until he got his strength up so you pray for him as well My mom will be going in Thursday to see the ophthalmologist uh, about her eye. They're going to go in and see if the blood flow has increased any in her eye. And uh, the last uh, go was uh, no blood flow there on that right eye. Uh, But we're praying for a miracle. We know God can do that. And I appreciate all of your prayers for her. And you pray that God would work in that appointment and uh, that God would be glorified through what he's going to do. Uh, So pray for her and pray for my dad as he looks after her. Uh, As well, looking down my list, continue to remember the two families had two funerals here this week, Uh, obviously the Anderson's family at the home going of Scotty, as well as Miss Nettie's funeral was this week. Pray for folks that are grieving, still bearing burdens. You know the funeral doesn't end that burden for them, and uh, I know they would appreciate you continuing to pray for them in the days ahead uh, as they go on uh, with God's will down here until we get to see them again. And I did want to clarify a couple of things on marriage retreat. Uh, I mentioned, I think on Wednesday night or last Sunday, it hasn't been canceled. It's just been restructured a little bit. If you've gone ahead and taken your days off for that day, uh, beginning, I believe, on the 17th of February, it's still going. Everything's going to be fine. We've just restructured it a little bit. uh, And that was after a lot of prayer and a lot of uh, burdened heart that I had. Uh, that uh, I would love for everybody who could have an opportunity to go and be a part of our marriage retreat. Sometimes when it's away, we're not able to go uh, like we would enjoy going, getting away, you know, retreating, retreating away from life, retreating away from the kids, retreating away from work, you know, whatever it is you want to retreat from. And uh, I noticed a lot of our families were not going to be able to make the trip to where we were going to go. And I understand that's a little bit of a drive. Uh, And so what we're going to do is have somewhat of a staycation here for our marriage retreat. We're still going to offer opportunities for you to lodge in this region, this area. We've got some Airbnbs we're looking at, some hotels that we're speaking to about blocking off some rooms. So if you've already lined up a babysitter, we're going to have a space for you to go to get away from your children for a little while uh, and hide from them where they can't find you. We are going to have activities throughout the day like we normally would if we were in a different city. And we're going to make it fun. We're really excited about the opportunity to have it close. That way, if you can't come to the day sessions, that you're able to come to the night sessions that we're going to be have, uh Bringing in guest speaker and his wife will be speaking in breakout sessions, both for husbands and wives together and then separately. And I just want you to know, I have never seen in, uh, in all of my ministry, and I know I'm still somewhat young, In all of my ministry, and I've talked to older pastors, I've never seen uh, Satan attack homes like he's attacking them right now. Never in my life. Never seen it. Never seen it. And I feel it in my own home. I feel it in my own home. The stresses of what we're going through in life right now, we are in unprecedented times. And uh, things that maybe normally wouldn't bother us as much because of all the added pressure of the world right now, they are magnifying family problems. I mean, I see it all over. I see it in my home, OK? I'm, I'm unashamed to admit it. That added pressure really stacks up on your family and your home. And so we made the call to do what we're doing. Uh, look, I would have loved to have gone to Florida. It's one of my favorite cities, St. Augustine is. But I really felt burdened that we needed to provide the opportunity for as many of our families as possible uh, to help give them the tools to fight off this pressure. Because if you're not careful, he's going to infiltrate your home. I'm telling you, I've seen it in my own home. I've seen the pressures of life right now, and I'm admitting that for you to understand. If he's coming to my house, he's coming to your house too. If we're not careful, he's going to undermine the church through undermining the home. If he can get to the home, he can get to your children. And so providing this opportunity, I know it's not an exotic beach location, okay? And I know we're not going to the mountains. We're going to be right here in Forest County, USA. We're going to make it as fun as possible. We're going to make Forest County as fun as I think it's ever been in the Lord's will. I know if you have had some fun outside the Lord's will in Forest County, but in the Lord's will, we're going to have some fun here those days. I want to encourage you, if you've taken your vacation time, keep it. We're going to have a good time. If you still want to get away, we're going to have an opportunity for you to to stay in some of these areas. Uh, and if you just want to go home, some of you just want to go to your house and sleep in your bed on your pillow, you'll have that opportunity as well. So just a little clarification, Wednesday night, we're going to roll out the entire schedule for you. That way you can start scheduling that. That way, if you want to come, say, I can't come during the day. I was not going to be able to go during the day. You'll be able to come for the night sessions that will be here on property. We'll have nice meals served and stuff like that for everybody. Appreciate you bearing with us on that. Just felt very burdened about it. i want to provide this opportunity for as many families as we could. Genesis chapter 45, and on Sunday nights, we started the series a couple of weeks ago uh, entitled Finding the How in Our Now. All right, finding the how in our now. What we're trying to do is make the now more applicable and practical, okay? I hope you get fired up and stirred up, and that's exciting, Uh, but in the end, we've got to find out how to put it into good use, and we've been looking at different people in Scripture on how they found their now and put it to work, and they found their need. You see our our banner? They found the need, the opportunity, and the work in their life for now, and we're following these people through Scripture. Uh, We've looked at Joshua. We've looked at at, uh, Moses, and tonight we're going to look this afternoon we're going to look at joseph genesis chapter 45 remain seated as long as you can stay awake you start sliding down the seat asleep stand up okay i had a friend who did that one time we were in class together uh at uh at smite years ago at missions institute and he started falling asleep the teacher said stand up against the wall and so he stood up against the wall she put him there so he wouldn't fall asleep no joke he fell asleep and slid down the wall hit the floor so that may not be good for your help Genesis 45, we're going to read a little bit about Joseph. I'm going to give you the three things, the need, the opportunity, and the work in the life of Joseph, and then we're going to have our invitation time, and we're going to let you go home. The Bible says Genesis 45, then Joseph. Now, we're jumping in the middle of the story where Joseph is about to... Uh, explain to his brothers who he really is during this time of famine. The Bible says, Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by, and he cried, Cause every man to go out from me, and there stood no man with him, while Joseph made himself known unto his brothers. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. Don't you know they were? The last time you saw this guy, you sold him into slavery. You're thinking, yes, we're dead. The Bible says, look down if you would, to verse 4. And Joseph said unto his brethren, come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he says, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. I love how he reminded them, (laughs) just in case they were worried. Now, therefore, be be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life for these two years hath the famine been in the land and yet there are 5 years in the which there shall neither be earing nor harvest and God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance so now it was not you that sent me hither but God and he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the privilege to be back this afternoon. Thank you for a change of pace. I pray you help us this afternoon with uh, what you've given us. Lord, I trust that you will speak to hearts as you have mine. Help us leave here with something today for it's in Jesus' name. Amen. As I've told you many times over the last few weeks, I, I always get excited this time of year because we are still very fresh in our vision of what we're sharing with the church of where God would have us to go and what God would have us to do, and uh, that builds in my heart for very uh, for a very long time. Probably August, September, October, it really begins to build, and uh, it's not going to just go away with about two or three weeks. It's going to keep going for a little while. Uh, But after a while, even the excitement begins to die down, and that really the work that we're looking at, the last part, that work of now really starts to kick in. And I'm going to be the first to tell you this afternoon that sooner or later, fulfilling God's will now in your life is not going to be easy. Maybe some of you have already tried, Say, you know what, I'm going to find my now, I'm going to fulfill the now of what God let me have life for in this day, maybe this morning in the service, you said, you know what, I'm going to do God's will for now, and as soon as you felt the need to step out from your chair and come down to the altar, or maybe you just took care of business with God in your seat, you found it difficult to fulfill the will of God now in your life. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, it's not always going to be easy. The will of God, listen, is not supposed to be easy. Uh, The devil is going to fight you tooth and nail as you seek to fulfill God's will for your life now. But if there was ever anyone who could say, I don't like my now, it's Joseph. If there was ever anyone who found their now, what, what God had planned for their life and God's will for them to fulfill in their life. If there was ever anyone that could say, hey, could I trade mine in for a different one? That ever happened to you? Could I trade my now and I don't like my now. My now is not enjoyable. I would like somebody else's now. If there was ever anybody who could do that, I believe it was Joseph. I think Joseph probably oftentimes in the back of his heart, in the back of his mind, probably asked the question, now what? Now what? All right, He was already not liked for the favor of God that was upon his life and the favor of his father was upon his life. So he was already the favorite child. Anybody know how that feels? Nobody raised their hand. All right, we don't have any favorite children in here. That's good. You're very humble. I'm glad we have a humble church. Nobody's full of pride. Uh, he was already not liked for that. And, and so then they bully him around a little bit and, and they throw him in a pit. And so he's thinking, man, I, I just really don't like my now Looking up from the pit, boy, I just really don't like my now. And then all of a sudden, his brothers come over. And when he knew his brothers looking over in the pit, he's thinking, this is not going to be good. They're fixing to find something worse to do to me. And so they pulled him out and says, we're going to sell you as a slave. They sell him as a slave. He goes to Potiphar's house. Now he's working in Potiphar's house. And we know the story of all the things that happened to him, of how Potiphar's wife began to seduce him and then lied on him. And he throw, gets thrown into prison. I, I feel like he probably said, okay, now What? Now what? All right, when you guys get out, would you remember me? And we know the story. They forgot about him. I mean, all of these things happening. And Joseph just keeps saying, now what? He gets lied about. All of these things happen to him. He gets forgotten about. All right, now what? I'm sure if there was ever anyone who had the right to say, could I just say I don't like my now, it was Joseph. All right, now we all have times in our now that we don't like. Uh, We all have times we're afraid to answer the phone, don't we? You ever had those seasons? You're like, don't answer it, it's another crisis. Don't answer it, somebody's house is on fire. You know, don't answer it, somebody's cat got run over, you know, something along that line. You know when you answer those, something else is going to happen, and you're like, man, my now is difficult, my now is tough. But Joseph survived his now, didn't he? He survived it. And I wanna show you this afternoon real quickly how he survived it. He survived it by finding three things. He found the need, the opportunity, and he found the work. Now, here's what happens to us oftentimes. If you're not careful, you're going to go through a season in your now that you don't like. You're going to say, I don't like the pit. My life, kind of like Joseph, my life's in the pits right now. It's tough. I'm not enjoying the now. And you're going to sit there and try to figure out, all right, why am I here? Why am I here? Why am I going through this? And you're going to waste your now wondering why you're there and what's supposed to be going on rather than find the need, the opportunity, and the work that God has for you right now. Ephesians 4.27, we quote it all the time. The Bible says, neither give place to the devil. If you're not careful, you will give place to the devil wondering. Why am I going through this? Why has this come to my house? Why am I having to bear this burden? And you'll sit there wasting your now wondering. And yet we see Joseph He got busy finding the need, the opportunity, and the work of his now and didn't give place to the devil. So let's look at Joseph and let's find those three things. Look down to verse 3, if you will. Joseph said to his brethren, I am Joseph, doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. He's finally revealed who he is to them. But watch his reaction in verse 5. Now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither, for God did send me... Send me before you to preserve life. Now we know the story. God was preparing Joseph through all that he was going through to help the people through what? The Bible says it was a famine. There was a famine. So number one, this afternoon, if we're going to find our now, like Joseph did, as we go through a difficult season, which I think we all have through the last two years, we've gone through a difficult season together, rather than waste our time wondering, what is going on? Why am I going through this? Why not, like Joseph, find the need in now, find the need in the place that God's brought us to, and in the life of Joseph, number one, it was to feed the famine. It was to feed the family. The notes aren't gonna be up there, okay? I, I barely got the slide up there. You saw me pop up and run back to the back a while I go? If you saw Brother Bo, I'm texting Brother Bo from my office trying to get everything worked out. By the way, Brother Bo, it was enjoyable being able to watch somebody else squirm up here when somebody else sends them a text. You probably didn't know this. I'm fixing to share you a bit, of, a bit of behind the scenes here at Central. Every once in a while, some of these guys like to send me a text while I'm sitting there on the platform. And I look at my watch, and it's something really, really goofy, and they're trying to get me to laugh while I'm up there, because they said I look like a member of the Russian mafia when I don't smile. John Lapone, wherever he's at, One day it's a guy with a sombrero on and the sombrero has a soccer ball in it and the guy's sitting there doing this and I look down at my watch and that's all I see. They're trying to get me to laugh while I'm up there. So I was torturing Brother Bo while he was sitting up there earlier, texting him from my office about what the order of the service was and when I needed to be here, okay? That has nothing to do with what we're doing. But here's what I want you to see, okay? As we go through these times, as we go through these difficult seasons, rather than waste our time wondering, why don't we feed people during the famine? Instead of saying, why am I going through this? And why do I have to have this tough time? And why do I have to bear this burden? By the way, Joseph was a good guy. God was not punishing Joseph by sending him through this difficult time. No, no, no. God was preparing Joseph. Joseph. And rather than Joseph sit around and whine and complain about how hard things were, Joseph started looking around and said, you know what? We're in the midst of a famine. Maybe God wants to use my life to help feed others who are going through this difficult time too. What a privilege it is, by the way, when God uses us to be an encouragement to people through the trials that we've had to go through. What did he say? Joseph said to his brethren, doth yet my father live? Verse four, Joseph said unto his brethren, come near, I pray you. And they came near and he said unto them, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves. Joseph wasn't bitter. He wasn't bitter. He went through the trouble. He went through the trial. He kept a right spirit. Why? Because in the midst of his trial, he found his now. He looked around and says, what's the need? Oh, there's a famine. Rather than sit there and get pickled in his bitterness and his pain, Joseph says, you know what? God's using me to help others who are going through the same difficult time. Folks, if you get distracted by other people's needs, you'd find out that all of a sudden your troubles aren't as big as you thought they were. There's a lot of people going through a lot of stuff right now. Everybody's dealing with something. It's going to be hard for you to get discouraged when you realize that, hey, God has blessed you with the privilege to be able to feed others through this. Do you know we're in a spiritual famine right now? We're in a spiritual famine. Uh, I mean, I'm amazed. I really am amazed at how often even Christians and I, folks I really believe, believe are saved at how, how much we are starving spiritually. And how neglectful of truth we are. There's people that need to hear the truth right now. You know, if you have the truth, you have something you can feed them with. There's a world that's starving for truth out right now, and we have the truth. We have a copy of the Word of God. There's a world right now that needs love. That's still one of the fruits of the Spirit. Listen to me. That's something that we can give that the world's looking for. Right now, everybody hates everybody. There's so much division in the world, and yet we have something we can give them. The Bible says God is love. You give them God, you give them love. The problem is we're so absorbed in what we're going through to see the need. The need is somebody needs to feed somebody through the famine. Matthew 14, what did Jesus say? They need not depart All those people that were following him were hungry. Disciples, send them away, send them away. Jesus said they need not depart. Can I tell you, Hattiesburg, Mississippi needs not depart. Central Baptist Church has something they need to eat. It's truth, it's love. We've got it. We're preaching, we're teaching the truth and love. We've got that to offer. And all of a sudden, you go find some lost people. What a blessing it was. I had so many of our folks this week I talked to through different times of the week, and they're out knocking doors. Out, hey, I'm meeting up so-and-so, we're going soul winning. I look up, the track rack is about empty. Folks filling their pockets, going out knocking doors. You know what they're doing? Hey, they're feeding those people that are in the famine. They're giving them truth. They're giving them love. And they're letting them know, hey, there's a church in this city that loves you and has what you're looking for if you're just willing to come. Number one, what was the need that Joseph found that distracted him? The need was to feed others in the middle of the famine. Now, what's the second thing, the opportunity? Let's find the opportunity. Look at verse 7. Joseph says, And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So remember, the need always opens the door to an opportunity. We find the need, what people are in famine, all right? What's the opportunity? Well, Joseph said it right there. He says it twice. He says it in verse number five. Look at the end of verse five. God did send me before you to preserve life. Verse seven, what did he say? God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity. Number two, the opportunity we have here, not only is to feed the famine, that's the need, number two, to preserve life. To preserve life joseph didn't think it was bad luck that brought him there joseph could have said i am the most unluckiest person in the world have you ever met an unlucky person i've met a few blows my mind i'm thinking you're not right with god i had a guy one time his car broke down in my dad's driveway my wife smiling she remembers that night his car broke down in my dad's driveway so we walk up the, the the hill we live near them and we're going to help him fix his uh no he had a flat tire in my dad's driveway. that's what it was and so we start jacking up his his car to change the tire and a thunderstorm (laughs) starts just flowing down i think good night well we get the tire changed we get ready to go he turns the key and it won't turn over his car is just deader than a hammer we try to jump it off it won't jump off it won't crank it won't none his car is dead there in my dad's driveway he says well i'll call my wife to come get me in her car no joke, my wife is the witness here. His wife pulls up in her car. They take everything out of his car and put it into her car. They get ready to crank her car. It doesn't crank. It was still raining. They say lightning can jump eight feet. I tell my wife, step back. He's fixing to get fried. You're running to some unlucky people and you're thinking to yourself, there's a lot that happened in the, in the meantime. I mean, I think my sister and brother in law got involved in all that too. I mean, it was just bad. Joseph wasn't having a run of bad luck. Notice what he said in verse 5. For God did send me. Verse 7. And God sent me. What is God doing? Well, God's giving Joseph an opportunity. We see the need of starving people in our city. Look, we're not talking about deepest, darkest Africa. We're not talking about over there in, in communist Russia. We're talking about Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I'm so excited about some of the new tracks we have coming out that have pictures of Hattiesburg on them. We have a great thing where we'll be starting in February as we reach out into our area, uh, Hattiesburg, trying to reach Hattiesburg this year for the cause of Christ. Folks, there's people right here that need what we have, but we've got to see the opportunity that God has given us to preserve life. Do you know where all of us would be had not someone reached us with the gospel? Some of us may not even be alive today. We would not be saved today. Some of your families would not be in church today. And yet here you are. You know what happened? Your life has been preserved. You've been preserved physically. You've been preserved spiritually. Your family is still intact. Look, your family might be like mine. It ain't perfect. And we hadn't got everything figured out. But thank God someone saw the need to feed the famine and took the opportunity to preserve life. I can't tell you who the person was that won the first Andrews in my family to the Lord. But I'm so thankful for them. I'm so Look, my life has been preserved. My family's been preserved. And Lord willing, my grandchildren, their life will be preserved. You know, one day, Molly's gonna get married in about 20 years and have kids and all of that. I'm gonna have just beautiful little grandchildren one day, and we're gonna pass it along to them. I meant that 20 years. These teenage boys are looking at me. No, I mean that, all right? And our life will be preserved by the grace of God. But somewhere along the line, somebody saw a need to feed the famine. And took the opportunity to preserve life and for that i'm very very thankful the bible tells us in john 20 21 as the father has sent me so send i you what's the opportunity god's given us the opportunity to do what jesus did to go and preserve life what was jesus doing when he came down from heaven he came to preserve life That's what it was all about. I'm on my way. I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm not perfect, but I have a home in heaven, and God is my Father, all because Jesus came down to preserve life. And he says, as the Father hath sent me, so send I you. Jesus took the opportunity, and by the way, your opportunity will never be harder than his. All we have to do is go and take it and tell it. He had to come and pay the ultimate price to live a perfect, sinless life and die a cruel death on a cross. He had to do all of that to preserve my life. And if he could do that for my life, and oh, I can go to help preserve someone else's. So number one, we're following Joseph. He found his now. He found the need to feed the famine. Number two, he found the opportunity to preserve life. What is the work? And boy, this is a doozy. It usually is. You look down to verse number seven, and God has sent me before you to preserve life, to preserve your posterity in the earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now, there it is, so now, it was not you that sent me hither, but God, and he hath made me a father to Pharaoh. Now, I want you to go back to a little bitty phrase right there in the middle of that last part. The Bible says, and he hath made me, made me. You look at the process that took to get Joseph where God wanted him. Look at the process. Joseph started off this young man, just an innocent young man, and God was about to take him and and turn him, him into the second in command over all of Egypt. That's a lot of work, isn't it? A lot of work. So God took him to the pit, and God took him to the prison, and God allowed him to be forgotten god allowed him to be lied upon you know what god was doing he was making him he was making him number three the work that joseph had to do was being god made being god made do you know joseph could have never done what god called him to joseph would have never found and fulfilled his now had he not been willing to be god made you know too many of us have a hands-off policy uh, we were talking the other day about going to, uh, Leslie and I were talking about San Antonio. We went to San Antonio years ago. Molly was a, a little one. She'd like to go back and like to go see it. And we're talking about making a trip down there. And I remember when we were at San Antonio, uh, we went to the Alamo, just an amazing little place to go and visit in the history there. And especially if you've seen, uh, seen Davy Crockett, boy, it's a neat, neat place to go see. And, I remember we were there, we saw a bullet hole over in the wall, <clears throat> you know, just the, the giant thick walls that are there, and you know, like, like any redneck would do, I, I wanted to stick my finger in it, you know, just bullet hole on the wall, and man, I went and just, I just wanted to see how big the hole was and how deep it went in there, and oh, my soul, this park ranger liked to have lit me up. Uh, the only other woman that I allow to speak to me that way is my wife, and buddy, she let me have it for a few moments. This is a memorial and whatnot, and of course it was, and I apologize to her for that. She said, hands off. This is a hands off exhibit, it's a hands off place. Keep your hands off of it. Sometimes we're that way with God. God wants to make us, God wants to mold us and God wants to shape us. We're like, you're not putting me in that pit. I'm not going through that pit. I'm not gonna be thrown in prison. I'm not going to be lied about. That doesn't feel good. You know what didn't feel good when he was thrown into the the pit? It it didn't feel good when he was lied about. It didn't feel good when he was forgotten. And because we don't like what feels good, because we're too in tune with this flesh, because we don't like what feels good, we don't allow God to make us. Uh Uh-uh. You're not molding me. You're not shaping me. And you will never fulfill the need, the opportunity, or the work for which God has called us. It's work to be made. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 4, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I mean, going, look, these guys were just redneck fishermen, okay? Forgive me for calling them rednecks. I don't know they were rednecks, but they were fishermen, and most fishermen I know are rednecks, so I just kind of figured they were rednecks, you know? I'm a redneck too. I love to fish when I get a chance. To go from what they were to what God wanted them to be. I want you to be lights to influence all of the known world. And ultimately, most of you give your life for the cause of Christ. He says, I'll make you that. I'll make you that. But they had to be willing to follow. You go throughout scripture. I won't take the time. 1 Peter or 2 Peter, we read in chapter 1, the Bible says, add to your faith add to your faith you look at all of these graces that God gives us after we get saved he's trying to make us into what it's going to take to fulfill his will think about it you look through those lists of patience did Joseph have patience he did how patient do you have to be to be sold into slavery and then thrown in jail and all that and you just wait on God you see that's why it's so important we be patient is temperance in there you know what temperance is self-control do you ever have trouble controlling this stuff i don't know about you i have trouble sometimes controlling this stuff and yet if i'm going to be who god wants me to be in order to fulfill his will i've got to be willing to let him make me so this afternoon we're looking at joseph and showing how joseph fulfilled his now he did it by number one finding the need to feed the famine look around folks yes we're going through a tough time but so is everybody else so is everybody else. Get your mind off of what we're going through and find people that we can feed. Number two, the opportunity to preserve life. There's people out there that need somebody to be a lifeline. My wife sang this morning about grace, one of my favorite songs, Were It Not For Grace. You know, sometimes grace has to be delivered by people. Sometimes grace has to be delivered by people. I got so excited the other day, somebody posted on Facebook, Brother Coates, I think maybe and your granddaughter, that Girl Scout cookie time is coming. That's so exciting. They said, well, they deliver. I'm like, I'm in trouble. If they deliver, I'm in trouble. Those thin mints, I love them. My wife kind of likes the peanut butter ones, you know, but those thin mints, those are hard to beat with a glass of cold milk that's not expired with chunks in it. Those are good. Those are good. Sometimes we get more excited about stuff like that than we do the privilege to go and extend the grace of God to people that we could help preserve their life. There's somebody who needs a life preserver today in your community, in your family. Why don't you be willing to say, you know what? Rather than focus on my need, I'm going to focus on their need and take the opportunity to preserve life. And I'm going to do that by letting God do, number three, the work of being made. Joseph didn't become the guy that his brothers are looking at overnight. He was just a kid when he left, just a youth. And yet Joseph let God make him. And now God is using Joseph to do something I don't even think Joseph ever dreamed God would do with his life because he was willing to be made. Can I ask you this? Are you willing to do the work to fulfill your now? Seeing the need, seeing the opportunity, all of that is great. But if you don't let God do the work in your life that he wants, you're never gonna fulfill the will of God for your life. But if you're willing, as Joseph was, one day you may look down like Joseph did, looking down from his throne. See how far God brought you and see all that God did with your life because you let him make you. Our heads are bowed this afternoon and eyes are closed. Let's stop there.